as I've grown up, I've the things that matter most are family and community and and all the, all the friendships that go with that. And so I want to, you know, continue with free trail to, to foster that and, but also catapult the sport further in any way we can. And cause I think it's the coolest sport. It's truly the coolest sport. Like it is, it's so <laughs> cool. Like with all the different places and all the people and everybody can do it. And I can tow the line with the best of the sport. Like, and doesn't, you know, it's, yeah, I can't get into like Western States or hard rock very easily, but I can go, you know, to a race and I can line up with the best of the best. It's like, you can't do that in any other sport. You know, it's, it's so cool. It's, and it's like, we're all a part of whether you, whether today's the first day you're a trail runner and you're just getting into the sport, you got in at the right time. It's changing. It's really cool. It's exploding. It's, it's yeah. And that's something that anybody can do. And yes, you can spend a lot of money to get into the sport and you can buy really expensive shoes and vests and uh, gear. You can also just run in whatever shoes and go run, you know, what doesn't have to be ultra distance. You can go run five miles on the trail and have a, you know, a great experience. Hello, everyone. Welcome or uh, welcome back to Running Long, the podcast brought to you by Bert Run. My name is Francesco, and uh, today I'm sitting down for a very exciting and hopefully interesting interview with Ryan Thrower, uh, that is a professional photographer, video maker, and the creative director and co founder of Free Trail. He's himself a trail runner, of course, and um, I found out he was born in Indiana. That is a place that I have connections with, and uh, we're going to talk about it later. Uh, but he's currently living in Washington. Um, I followed Ryan and his work through social media on many platforms. And uh, this is the first time that we actually speak to each other. So I'm really excited because I think this is also a great chance for me to learn something from my side. And um, I've always been interested in the way we tell our sport beside just being an athlete, because I think the way our stories are told and shared um, really makes a difference for the development and the history of the sport. I think stories have the power to inspire people, to give motivation, and also to share knowledge and information. And I think as humans, uh, we really have a necessity to tell and also hear stories. It's kind of written in our DNA. Um, because it's something that I like to think it it feeds us, it feeds our souls. So this is one reason why I asked Ryan to be a guest for our podcast. And, and uh, I'm really, really happy that he accepted my invitation. So here we go. Please welcome Mr. Ryan Thrower. Thanks for having me. This is a, it's an honor and I'm, I'm flattered you even asked me to be on. Yeah, uh, as I was telling you before starting the conversation, um, I like to have different voices from the sport. So not just athletes, not just people who are uh, inside the action, but also people who watch the races from the outside and contribute to tell uh, the story that we are the protagonists of. 
So for example, last week I was interviewing uh, a journalist that is very passionate and he writes about trail running. Um, and then I've just followed the the work that you've been doing with free trail with, uh, you know, different athletes, um, the videos that you've been sharing. And I really like the way you tell stories and you showcase um, the athletes. So I asked, I, I decided to reach out to you to, to see if you wanted to be in the pod. Um, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So to give a, uh, a little context to our audience. So, um, yeah, there is a lot of questions that I would like to ask you, but uh, maybe let's start from um, just how are you? Uh, where are you currently focusing on at work? And uh, if you have any event coming up that uh, you're filming or shooting at? Yeah, I'm. Um, yeah, I'm doing really well. Thanks for asking. I'm. I'm down in um, Oakland right now in the Bay Area. Yesterday. Dylan and I were filming a couple different things. We're finishing up a video we did for Boa and I'm just finishing up a video we did for Speedland with, they have a new shoe coming out that we filmed down here in Marin. And um, we're going to Japan in, I think four or five weeks. We're going to film a little bit there. But my year is, I mean, I've basically been on the road since February of this year. So it's kind of winding down. Thankfully, it's as much as I I like love it. I'm, I'm also very excited for time spent between, I, I mean, this, the Bay Area is like a second home to me. Seattle, Washington is my first home. So either spending time at either place really feels like I'm actually at home and relaxing. Um, I do have a lot of video projects I've filmed that I can spend editing spend a lot of time editing now that i'm um winding down the race season but yeah overall i'm, I'm doing really well and i'm i'm record i'm also recording another podcast with my co-host hannah we do trail running radio so i'm doing yeah. that later today um cool we do that once a week but that's yeah that's pretty much what i'm going what i got going on right now well that's already plenty of things and uh, <laughs> already plenty of uh of questions that i have in my in my mind but uh, maybe before that, um, to sort of give some uh, more information about you, um, how did you become yourself a trail runner and how did you become interested in the sport? And then maybe also how did you start uh, photography and video making? Yeah, I, um, well, I grew up in Indiana and which is, is, is very pancake flat. There yeah. are no mountains. Um, I confirm. <laughs> yeah. And, I was actually, um, I, I tell you this because I was actually an exchange student back in 2009. Uh, I went uh, in high school for a year in Indiana. It was a very nice experience. Uh, something that uh, has really shaped my personality. But uh, where, did, where did you go? I went to Monsey, Indiana. Um I went to school the, at Ball State West, for a year. Yeah. Westall High School. Yeah, yeah, cool. Very, very small uh, in the middle of a cornfield. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, it might not be like the most interesting place in the United States compared to, you know, Colorado or yeah, the Bay Area or Oregon, whatever. But uh, it was a very important experience for me. So <laughs> that's amazing. You spent a yeah. year in Indiana. Yeah. I spent 20 something years in Indiana. Um and it was exciting to to leave and to move on. I, I lived in uh, North Carolina for a little bit. And then I lived out of a car for three or four months, just 
traveling across mostly the like American West and ran in national parks. And that's kind of when I started to, I guess, quote unquote, become a trail runner. Um, it was when I finally moved, like I settled in Seattle at the end of t- 2014. And I, I mean, I had some very naive moments where I was like, I'm going to go run this mountain trail. And I normally run at like 630 pace, but I know it's like a thousand feet per mile. So maybe that's 730 pace. And then I get out there and do like a, my first mile is 20 minutes. And I was running in a sweatshirt and I like, didn't carry any water or a headlamp. And it's those, those moments are kind of funny to think back on. But as I, as I spent time in Seattle, um, I, that's, I slowly became a trail runner. I didn't know anybody when I moved there. And then, um, I volunteered at a couple of local races, including like Cascade Crest, which was my first hundred miler eventually. And I met a lot of people through, through volunteering and, um, I, I'm very invested in, in like the Northwest trail community. And that's my favorite part of the Northwest. I've almost, almost all of my friend, like deep friends are trail runners, just not that we always run together or anything, but that's kind of how we met. And, um, yeah, so I slowly over time just began running a little bit further and further to see what I could do. And, um, my first ultra was down here in the Bay. It was the, the North face 50 miler. I did that three times. I did that in 15, 17 and 19. That was like my favorite race, but I DNF'd my first hundred. It was a humbling experience. Um, but yeah, over time. And now I think I have a really sweet gig because I get to go to a lot of these, you know, major races. Like last year I went to Madeira and UTMB and hard rock and gorge and mammoth trail fest. So Angeles crest was all over the place, but, um, I get to experience the race and like run a little bit for filming or if I'm crewing or pacing, but then I can also run the course before or after the race. And I feel like I'm a part of the race because I'm most of the time filming something. So it's really, it's a really cool experience. And then I don't have to go through the two or three or four weeks of recovery, whatever it takes. I get to go experience the race. And, um, I don't race very often, but I, I did race my own hundred this year. And yeah, now I kind of feel like I'm rambling a little bit, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I love my setup where it's, I get to go to a lot of these races, be a part of like the community of the races and film and, and spend time with, with a lot of my friends and then also get to run a little bit as well, but not have to go and race a hundred miles every month or whatever. Yes. Yes. I definitely, I definitely see how this passion of yours has developed. Uh, if I wasn't an athlete, I would probably, or maybe, uh, be working on the same side as you (laughs) because it's really appealing and interesting for me. Um, but when sort of, uh, did you, did you sort of start, uh, photography and, uh, and video making, like, were you studying that in, in college or, or high school, or was it, was it a passion that, uh, you had, uh, later on in your life? Yeah, I, I kind of picked it up. I, I had dabbled a little bit with photography. I did a little bit of film. I actually went to Ball State University in Muncie, Indiana for a year. And I and then I dropped out. I didn't know what I wanted to do. But I did a little film photography, but and then I hadn't touched it for for years. I made a couple travel videos, like the one my first time in Europe in like 2012. I made a video and like here and there, but then I didn't touch it for years. And my friend Gretchen Walla was like, 
you got to get a camera and it would be really cool if you came and, and shot. She's, she has her own trail race company and she's like, come shoot a, a trail race. And I was like, okay, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'll do it. And she, that was two, 2019. And so that's where I kind of, I think it was April and I bought a camera and just went in, dove all in. And I mean, the learning, the challenge and the continued learning process is what keeps me really invested previous jobs I've had, I kind of hit like a, a a year and a half mark, a year to a year and a half mark, and I get bored. And then I want to move on to something else. But the challenge of learning how to be a photographer and a videographer, and you can never stop learning with that. You just continued honing your craft and learning new techniques and learning better ways to tell a story. Uh, it's been it's been really, really fulfilling. It's very challenging. And I mean, with the the whole launch of free trail in general has been like a great learning experience, but becoming a photographer and a videographer is, is very fulfilling and I deeply enjoy it just because I'm, I'm learning. So I haven't been doing it that long, um, like three years, but I, it's, it's because I shoot almost daily and edit almost daily. And I think that that cycle is what is what it's it's like if you're learning an instrument or a language you have to just practice and do it all the time yeah to learn it yeah yeah it's it's also similar to being an athlete you have to yeah. show up to exactly practice every day and you get better and better uh yeah <laughs> i kind of see it in this way and uh, i also i think like as the sport evolves and becomes more professional so does um your job uh you need to innovate and to find new ways to to improve, to, to grow your audience, to, uh, just find interesting way to, to tell a story. So I, I think it's, uh, it's very interesting. So, um, what's the best way to tell a story in trail running? Man, I, I don't, <laughs> I don't think there's an answer to that question. I, fortunately it changes. Even if you just stuck with doing race documentaries, the story is always different. Like even if, yeah even if the runner you're filming wins every race, it's still a different way of how they got there and how they got to the finish line or the start line even is, is, is a, a story, but I don't know. I think it's really cool. A lot of old race videos kind of seemed like they started at about 70% through the race just to show like a, a clip of suffering and then went back and did a, a linear thing from start to finish which I think has been used so much because it's a great way to tell the story and you see more and more different takes on that or um, different uses of audio, like really immersing, immersing yourself with sound into a film. I don't know. There's, there are a lot of like films I want to create that I don't know how to create yet. And it's like something I'm always working towards. And I really enjoy that challenge is I'm, I'm chasing something that I have ideas that I want to make for the trail running space. And I, and I don't have the abilities to do them yet. And I'm not in a discouraging way. I'm, I'm continuing to learn and it's exciting to learn to get closer to those, but I don't know. I think, I think what's the best way to tell a story is, I don't know, unique to the, it's unique to the person telling the story. And it's also unique to the viewer because sometimes yeah. I might create something that I'm like, oh, this is a really cool story. And someone might be, hey, no, it's not. Or not for me, yeah. maybe for someone else. So, yeah, I don't know. 
Yeah, my question was actually pr provocative because, uh, of course, there is not an answer, uh, but it was just to start this, uh, this chapter about storytelling. Uh, that is a, a topic that I care about. And uh, I think it's really difficult to build an effective communication because there is always like two actors, like um, your message and your audience that you need to consider. Um, and for example, I'm a, I'm a pro athlete, but uh, I think I don't represent the average person that practices or um, is interested in trail running because I care about different things that maybe uh, a normal person doesn't really care about. For example, I get really excited about races, but not as much about, you know, training tips uh, or uh, those kind of things, for example, which a lot of other people like to hear. So depending on the audience you're you're telling the story uh, it's it's really different so um, what like what is normally the audience that you're talking to and uh, like what do you see that works and doesn't work uh for example in in the videos that you make it's a it's a great question dylan and i yesterday were talking about the things that worked and didn't work and we we didn't really come up with an answer yet. I think we we need to dive into that a little deeper. But as far as audience goes, it, it depends on on the video. So I tried to make a series with Tim Tullison this past spring leading up to Western States that was going to be kind of like a drive to survive, like a behind the scenes look at a pro athlete getting ready for a major race. And because I had no idea what I was doing. It didn't turn out that way. And which is fine because it was a great learning experience for me. And it was really enjoyable spending a bunch of time with Tim. He's a dear friend. Yeah. But so the audience, depending on depending on the, the video changes. And sometimes I don't necessarily have the audience in mind. I have like, if the brand wants to partner with us, I have to have like, they're the audience that I have to make sure that this is what they want for their audience. And I'm more of thinking of what they want and they're thinking of what their audience wants. So it's like kind of audience inception, but um, yeah, I, we're still trying to figure out what works and doesn't work. And it's a really great question. And I think that's part of being successful in anything like for you, for your, your running, you're figuring out what works and what doesn't work. And I think it's important to find out what's not working and not, you know, and, and focus on the stuff that does work. And that's something kind of, or we're in the process of, of figuring that out. That's a great question. Yeah. And also like, uh, what you're passionate about and what people want to hear or see, because, uh, those two things might, might be different. Uh, so like if you're a business or if you have, for example, even if you have a podcast and you're, you want to grow your audience, uh, you have to please uh, your audience or just reach new people. So you cannot just do what you enjoy or what you think is useful or what you like. So it's always a, a bit of a balance. And um, the other question that I wanted to ask you related to like storytelling, I think depending on the platform, it could it can be uh, pretty different. Um, like uh, to build a, a movie is different than... Uh, putting together a reel, for example, for Instagram, uh, social media have changed completely the way we consume content related to sports and in just in general. Um, so how do you see this side? What is your 
uh, relationship with the different platforms and in, in particular with social media? Yeah, I mean, that's that's a really good point. And it is changing and it's changed my attention span with with content that I take in. I now have a very like low tolerance, a very like quick attention span for um, consuming any content, really. And if it doesn't hit me right away, I just move on because all you have to do is swipe up or or if yeah. you're watching reels or whatever it is. And so um, I I'm still trying to figure out the balance of creating things specifically for a platform. Uh, Cause in the past I've mostly created what I wanted to create as far as like the, the story I want to tell or whatever it is. And then I go back afterwards and I'm like, okay, here's something for YouTube. Here's something for Instagram. Here's like a, a photo for Twitter or LinkedIn or whatever it is. And then after the fact, going back and creating something for the platform where now it's kind of like, if you want to be successful on Instagram, you kind of have to do reels because that's all the algorithm pushes. And so it's, you got to just ride the algorithm for a while. And there are some, some things I like about that. Cause I think it's kind of fun to tell a story in 15 to 60 seconds and other things that it's kind of like, man, I just miss Instagram when it used to just be photos. Yeah. And <laughs> that, but, but again, that could just be me. Cause a lot of people like reels. That's why it's so successful. Um, so yeah, I'm like for, for UTMB this year, I specifically created stuff to be in real length. I didn't create any long form video. I was a one man team driving myself around filming everything. So that worked out great because all I had the bandwidth was bandwidth for was to create these short 15 to 45 second little summaries of an aid station or a certain spot on a, on a course or the finish. Um, but it has, it has changed a lot. And so when I've made longer form videos, I've made like a, about a half hour video and a 45 minute video. It was after the fact, after the video was done, I went back and said, okay, what, what's a good little 15 second clip or how can I make a trailer out of this to put for real? Um, because that's, that's like, I, I feel like that's all Instagram is like, I, I just shot a bunch of fun. I went to a baseball game down in San Diego and I shot. I don't know, a hundred photos and I put them in a reel. I just put like yeah. three frames a second and then made it into a reel and put it on there. But it's, it's like, I, it's part of, I would love to do that just because I think it's cool to do that every now and then it's almost like a stop motion little thing, but it's like, that's an Instagram algorithm. You gotta, so there's a balance. My personal account, I don't really care too much about um, if people like my stuff or see it. I'd kind of do it for me. I love just putting it out there, but for free trail, I do care about that. And I do want people to see what we're doing. So there's an interesting balance there, but yeah, I kind of, honestly, I just miss when Instagram was just, I sound like an old person being grumpy, but it's like, I miss when Instagram was just photos and we just like posted photos and that was yeah, yeah. Me too. super fun. Yeah. Uh, please like uh, Instagram, stop being uh TikTok. Let's go yeah. back to Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's uh it's definitely interesting um like figuring out how you can keep people hooked uh to a 30 minute documentary for example when the average content that you consume on Instagram is 15 seconds is is really hard. Um so like I think sometimes um it's it's difficult, but ideally one can help the other. Like you see a clip 
like a trailer, 15 seconds, 20 seconds, whatever on Instagram, you get excited and then you click a link with the YouTube video. That's ideally maybe the situation that could promote um, a documentary. But uh, to really get people interested and especially the the younger audience, I think is uh, is very is very difficult. Yeah, it definitely is. I mean, and if I, as far as touching on that, I like to create a clip of the documentary that I can that seems interesting rather than make like a movie trailer that gives the whole thing away. Like mm -hmm. if I'm really excited about a new film coming out, I don't ever watch the trailer because I feel like the movie trailer gives everything away and you it just ruins it. So I don't I do not watch movie trailers. But if if they were like, here's a two minute clip from the movie, then you're kind of like, okay, well, I'm this is interesting. I need to see the context of it. I want to see how we get there and what happens after. And so that's usually the kind of trailer or reel I'll make to promote one of our films is like, here's just a clip from it that I think is interesting. And hopefully that makes you want to go and watch it rather than here's a clip from the beginning, the end and all around. Yeah. Um, how do you see, for example, the, the storytelling that uh, a circuit like the golden throw series is, is doing like, they're definitely pushing a lot on Instagram. Uh, that's their main platform where they're sharing content about the athletes and about the races. Um, I think they're doing a great work, but it's very like Instagram, social media focused. Uh, I feel like it's it's good to grow the interest in the audience, but it's it's not like always the best for, for the athletes and, and for the sport. How do you see that situation if you if you kind of know how, for example, the Golden Tour series works? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, are I mean, are you asking for only doing Instagram as opposed to doing other platforms? Yeah, just uh you know, um being like really focused on uh, on that type of storytelling and uh you know, also like doing funny videos with athletes, showing uh I don't know, for example, like a video that got a lot of views and really got a lot of mm, traction was a video of athletes falling during a race, which I think somehow is also a bit disrespectful towards the athletes because after all, like nobody wants to fall, but that's what people get excited yeah. about. And uh, that, that video got a lot of clicks and the golden tour series like pushes it a lot. And um, they make like TikTok videos kind of, um, uh, funny it's like this type of storytelling that uh it doesn't i don't know um i've also tried to explain to them that is uh okay maybe if we want to grow the sport and make it more professional are are we actually sure that it is the best way to present it or or not so i was just interested in what you think and uh, and maybe also how you like, of course, there is a big difference between uh, what you do for free trail for, for other brands and what Golden Tour Series does. I'm taking the example of Golden Tour Series because I know them very well because I've been uh, taking part in the circuits over the past three or four years. Um, but like this is this is interesting to me to see maybe like that works for them, I, I think is, uh, is the answer. But uh, it's not necessarily what uh, everyone gets gets excited about. 
So yeah, I mean, and that's it's interesting to hear your perspective on it. I'm, I'm just to be honest, I'm not really familiar with any of their social mm-hmm. media. Um, but I mean, I'm sure there's a there's a place for everything, and it's probably really working for them because it sounds like they're getting like a kind of a viral thing going. Um, how how would it make you feel if you were in that clip? If you fell as like one of the people falling, <laughs> it doesn't matter to me. But uh, like, it's yeah. not. It's, it's not showing what our sport is actually about. You know what I mean? Uh, I think we like, I think we need to make our sport more authentic sometimes. And uh, I really like when pro athletes, when champions, like you see, I don't know, Jim Wamsley or Courtney. I, I, I really like when they're relatable and when people kind of find themselves uh in the situation they go through, um, whether that's struggling, whether that's whether that it's a moment of joy, uh, whatever. But uh, that's where I really find like value and uh, and potential, as opposed to like uh, spectacular videos or like funny videos or or those kind of things. I don't know. Yeah. I- I, I and I agree with you. I like to consume I, that kind of stuff as well. Like that's more what I'm going for, and I'm not so much for like the slapstick humor in trail running. But I, I'm sure there's a, a place for it, and a lot of people really like it. And there's a balance between what what's being made, and it's also kind of hard to be relatable to anything Jim mm-hmm. or Courtney do because even if they struggle, they still come yeah. in <laughs> many hours before me. Even, yeah, you know. So um, yeah, yeah, of course. But. uh I mean, you don't yeah, you don't necessarily I, I, need to be all the time inspirational, inspirational or serious or professional, and I totally get that. But I'm just asking myself uh, if this is the way we want to talk about our sport. For example, uh, yeah. I got an example of the Golden Trail, but we could take any other example, like UTMB or any other big race or circuit that you're more familiar with. So. I think, for example, a lot of uh, U.S. races, uh, what Free Trail does, uh, what UTMB is doing is, from my from my own perspective, is is more interesting, is more appealing. Yeah, well, I think my favorite race, like live race stuff that I consume, is Western States. Yeah. I think with Dylan and Corinne, and then Billy Yang and. Topher and whoever's a part of it that's yeah. it feels like oh we have this our sport is this is a real sport like this yeah is that is just a like yeah yeah this that is, is ultra this running is the real thing yeah. yeah and so and that's how it feels too at utmb and i don't i don't have a ton of experience in the sport i'm still learning and still going to you know i've only been to a handful of international races so i'm still learning and understanding like the landscape of it but those were the first times when i went to western states in last year for the first time this year was the second time. And then UTMB, I was like, oh, wow. Our, you know, because I've, I've run a lot of races in Washington or even down in the Bay where there's like 100 people. And yeah. 50 of them are doing a half marathon and 20 people are doing a 50K. And it's like a lot of small stuff. And there's no one there with a camera or there's no film or live thing. And then so going to, I mean, it felt like a real sport seeing those and it's it's very cool and i love the balance of both i love having the race that's a small thing and no one's there like the 100 miler i did in 
in Wyoming this year, there was no media there. And it was, it was awesome. And then also to go to UTMB and be like, oh, there's like 50,000 people here. This is also awesome. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess I'm, my answer is I'm still learning the sport, still learning the, the different media that people are putting out. And um, I think there's a space for all of it. And then what you and I might like might be different than what a lot of other people like because the other stuff could go viral or, or whatever. But um, yeah, I think the more more content created about it and to tell the story of the sport, the better. And then the good stuff will stick around. Yeah. So hopefully, hopefully I can I can stick around too with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was asking you because I think you're really good at that. So <laughs> thank you, thank you. Uh, to you know, it's it's really humbling to hear from you that uh, you're still figuring it out. Um, it's a it's a good answer, a good perspective. We're still always learning. Um, what is the most interesting or the yeah the most interesting project that you've done with an athlete like what is the most uh fun and maybe inspiring athlete that you've worked with um well i mean it's it's dylan or working with dylan has been i mean he's he's become he went from like i didn't know him to then he was a friend and now he feels like honestly like we're part of the same family like he's a brother we he's one of my closest friends and It was Grand Raid last year, the Diagonal Defu yeah. on Reunion Island last year. I think that was the most inspiring race I've ever seen from anyone. And I experienced it firsthand. I did 25 miles of it filming. I had to run around, get dropped off, run into the Mafat, run through certain sections. And then I witnessed his meltdown. We made a documentary called Begin Again last yeah. year, and he basically had a minor heat stroke I love more it. or less yeah and it, and then he finished and you know and it's the same thing with you know seeing like tim tollison both years at western states struggling and you a lot there's a big narrative where if your race goes sideways you kind of like okay i'm done i'm going to save myself i'm going to drop out and maybe be able to do a, a different race later and when you see those people dig in and finish it's so inspiring because that's what's relatable it's like yeah okay you are you're now taken down from this pedestal of probably winning the race and now you're relatable because that's what we all feel that's what us common folk who are you know middle of the pack or back of the pack runners that's like it's 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 a hard thing it's a struggle we go slow we have to walk for 20 miles at a time and so to see like Dylan soldier on through that race was very inspiring. And, you know, I did a handful of miles with him and also was running around filming and got to witness the whole thing. And, and then we sat down and had beers after the race at 2 AM or whatever. And it was, it was, it was amazing. Um, and then it's also, I mean, it's also inspiring to see, like I went to Madeira last year with Jim and spent a lot of time with both him and Courtney and, seeing them which i can never i'll never be able to relate to them as far as their athleticism goes but you know as human beings it's it's different but to see them just go out and you know be the best in the field that they are it's yeah that's also inspiring as well so it just i don't know it just depends on the project and yeah. there's something unique in in each little thing but i think the one that stands out the most would be the diagonal to grand raid with dylan of 2021 cool nice 
It's also like we, our world was upside down. It's an 11 hour time change from the West Coast being yeah. in Grand, being in Grand Raid. So it's about as jet lagged as you can possibly be. So it was, it was a wild experience. And you have to, I mean, it's, you fly through Paris and then a 12 hour flight down to Reunion. So yeah, it was wild. <laughs> okay. So for you, um, for example, when you have to, do a project with a, a brand or a sponsor and when you have to build your own project for example with free trail uh of course i think is uh is different um do you enjoy both uh and how does it change when you do one or the other um there's a lot of overlap because we we as free trail will collaborate with a brand and make something um, so the video that I'm making right now for Speedland is for Speedland, but it's a shoe that we collab with. It's Dylan's shoe. Yeah. And it's, it's one of my favorite style of things to work on because I made, I kind of had my own vision. I made the thing. I did all the music I created. I created all the music myself and I made a soundscape of different, like, mountain wind and footsteps and birds and put this whole thing together to go with all of the, the clips I have. And so that's my biggest creative outlet is when I get to do all of that. A lot of the time I don't have time to sit down and make the music because I have a deadline or I just have to move on to the next thing. And so I'll, I'll get copyright free music or buy a license to something and, and move on. And I, I, I love that too. It's not just about music, but when I can do all of the parts, I, I enjoy that the most. Um, but a lot, I think overall, between when it comes down to between brands or free trail, I like making free trail stuff because it is essentially my vision, me and, and Dylan. It's whatever the vision we have, we come up together and just like, here's what we want to do. Whereas sometimes if I'm filming something for a brand, it's it's a little more cookie cutter. And it's like, okay, this is what I have to do. Every little thing is kind of, which is still enjoyable. I still learn a lot both both ways, but I, as far as creative goes, I get to scratch that creative itch a little bit more with free trail stuff. Yeah, makes sense. So uh, I think the the next uh, logic step is to ask you uh, how the idea of free trail was born uh, and also how you met Dylan because uh, you're the co-founder of free trail with, uh, with him. And um, yeah, maybe just... Uh, tell the story of free trail from the start. Uh, yeah, I, I met Dylan at um, Ethan Newberry had an event called Ginger Runner Presents, and it was with Dylan was there with Ellie Greenwood and Gary Robbins, and they did a talk in Seattle. And uh, I had been helping Ethan Newberry film some film and edit different projects at the time, and so I went to just kind of help out at that, and that's where I connected with with Dylan. And then we went out for beers afterwards and just his wife, Harmony and I, and, and him, we just chatted and then re we really connected. And then a few days later he was like, Hey, do you want to produce the podcast? And I'm looking for a producer. I was like, Oh yeah, absolutely. I don't know how to do that, but I'll figure it out. And, um, produce the podcast basically since like episode, I don't know, five or six, I think it was pretty early on. And then sometime that summer is when he did, he ran the Wonderland FKT and Caitlin Gerben did it the week after and Tyler Green did it in there too. 
and we did that film project. That was an Ethan Newberry thing too. And before that, Dylan had pulled me aside and was like, Hey, I have this idea for this company. And it's like, he laid it out as like all the different things we could offer. And we initially thought it was going to be just a company for like everyone. And then when we made it, it was called Pillars at the time. When we made it, we realized this was just for trail runners specifically. And so then we had to pivot and we didn't, we weren't super excited on the name Pillars. And there was a lot of in that time, excuse me, in that time period of Pillars, figuring out what worked and what didn't work, where we should invest our time and energy and where we just needed to move on from. And the app was one of those things. We used to have an app. And now we have a new website, which we're very excited about. Um, And I think we were two or three months into the release of Pillars when we were like, we got to change the name. We got to figure out what we're doing. And it's a little bit more trail focused. So, you know, I think it was December 1st of last year. So we're almost on a year where we changed our name to Free Trail. And so it's, it's, it's ever evolving or, you know, constantly figuring it out it's incredibly difficult and challenging to to launch a new business and it's a learning process every day we learn new stuff and most of the time we're like are we do are we doing this like does anybody know what we're, we're what we're doing like we're trying so hard and we're in it every day and it doesn't feel like it but then i go to a race and someone has free trail arm sleeves on or a free trail hat and i'm like what or someone's like, hey, I love your podcast. It's so cool. Um, and so it's the community has been really supportive. And we have a like a diehard family of free trailers that, yeah, we have a Slack. It's always we're always chatting with everyone. And we do weekly office hours, which we, we do to every Wednesday, which is fun to catch up with people every day, every Wednesday. But it, it's it's ever evolving and free. You know, it started with just meeting Dylan at an event and then to now he's one of my best friends and we talk every day and figuring out what works for the business. And it's, it's really fun. It's a lot of work. I work way more than 40 hours every week and I work just about every day, but it is very rewarding and and I love it. It's a good challenge. That's a, that's another good story to tell. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, I think I've, uh, kind of followed the, the birth and the development of free trails is the very beginning because I, I used to listen to Dylan's podcast when he was called the well and then the well, yeah. Pillars and then free trail. And it was, mm. it was around when not so many podcasts, uh, about trail running existed. So it was something that I, I used to listen to a lot and I still do. Um, and then, yeah, I, uh, like I, I knew the story of the rebranding that you did last year from uh, Pillars to, to Free Trail. And, um, and I'm always excited to to see what, uh, what you publish or just do for the, the whole community because it's more than a, you're more than a media, of course. You're just, uh, it's, it's, I think it's hard to define what Free Trail is. Uh, so maybe my next question is, uh, what is the mission and the vision that you have for your project to kind of, yeah, understand uh, the future developments of free trail? 
Yeah, that's uh I mean I'm way less eloquent. Dylan Dylan's the <laughs> Dylan's the one that's the face of the company that's you know always has an eloquent, passionate speech up his sleeve. But I mean, to me, what Free Trail is is we are very community focused. Yeah. And our mission is to drive the sport forward in whatever way we can and create community along the way. And it's that's to to me like my passion is not just like the the photo the video the audio creating it's it's the human connection i mean i lived in washington for a couple of years where i didn't know anybody and i went on every run by myself and it was i mean it was it was great i loved i love that solo time but now it's i've as i've grown up i've the things that matter most are family and community and and all the, all the friendships that go with that. And so I want to, you know, continue with free trail to, to foster that and, but also catapult the sport further in any way we can. And cause I think it's the coolest sport. It's truly the coolest sport. Like it is, it's so <laughs> cool. Like with all the different places and all the people and everybody can do it. And I can toe the line with the best of the sport, like, and doesn't, you know, it's, yeah, I can't get into like Western States or hard rock very easily, but I can go, you know, to a race and I can line up with the best of the best. It's like, you can't do that in any other sport. You know, it's, it's so cool. It's, and it's like, we're all a part of whether you, whether today's the first day you're a trail runner and you're just getting into the sport you got in at the right time. It's changing. It's really cool. It's exploding. It's, it's yeah. And that's something that anybody can do. And yes, you can spend a lot of money to get into the sport and you can buy really expensive shoes and vests and uh, gear. You can also just run in whatever shoes and go run, you know, what doesn't have to be ultra distance. You can go run five miles on the trail and have a, you know, a great experience. So that's, I don't know. Our sport's just amazing. And I've, what's, what's, I get to, I've been able to differentiate my passion for the sport from like a job. It doesn't feel like when I go for trail runs that it's like now a part of my job because my career is in trail running. And I don't think that'll ever be the case. It's, I've, I've I still, no matter what, like, I'm, I mean, I'm staying right a, a mile away from these amazing trails in, in East Bay and Oakland. And I ran three hours on, monday just are you kidding me just looking around it's so beautiful like our i could i'm getting rambly i could ramble forever on how great <laughs> our sport is but essentially with free trail we want to take the community along the way and build it up and just catapult the sport further as it develops yeah that's really cool uh very very nice uh mission and uh yeah i also like living in the Pacific Northwest, I, I've, I was in in Portland, in Oregon, uh, last month, and uh, it was my first time on the West Coast, and uh, yeah, it's an amazing place for running, and uh, also I think for the history it has, it's the birthplace of modern distance running with the, uh, also related with the story of Nike with uh, Bill Bowerman, Phil Knight and Steve Prefontaine, all that story uh, from which uh, modern running descends and also trail running because it was ultra running, I think was born 
in the Pacific Northwest. So it's a it's a very cool place to live in. Um, so um, regarding the um, maybe the mission, uh, yeah, the prices that you have with FreeTrail. One thing that I still find find uh, kind of difficult in our sport is to build a connection between uh, the elites, like the top athletes, and uh, the fans uh, or the average trail runner, just the audience in general. Um, because I I think a lot of times mm, the people that practice the sport or that follow the sport, they don't know enough or they don't realize what is around, like how the sport at a top level is is developing or is is working part of it is because uh i feel like our our sport is is pretty complex with so many races and circuits and of course it's also one of the beauties because there is so many options from short distances to technical races to ultra distances so uh we tend to see trail running as one sport but it's actually many events under one umbrella i think um so like one way I see the work that you're doing is to like bridge this gap that I currently see between the elite athletes and uh, all the rest of the people to make also to make them more relatable um, and to just bring them closer to to the audience. Um, what's your opinion on this uh, topic? Yeah, well, as far as as far as the uh, the different race series and what it takes to get into the races and it's confusing to me like honestly with like the the new changes with UTMB mm-hmm. that's it's incredibly complex seemingly right off the bat so um you know Dylan's the one that spends a lot more time understanding and communicating that with with his platform um me i like I think that's one of my favorite parts about filming something with Jim or Tim or whoever I'm filming something with Keely, Rachel Drake. It's, it's to, to show, Hey, these are humans and they can, they can do like, you know, similar training to what you're doing, maybe at a higher level, but you know, they're humans. And here's, you know, Rachel's running, doing her training on her way to work because she, she also is getting her second doctorate, you know, at the time we're filming this thing. So it's like, that's people like, Oh, there's not enough time in the day. Well, yeah, she's working 14 hour day, but does her workout running to work and then runs home after being on her feet all day. And, and there that's, I think that's way more relatable to people than seeing someone who's like, yep, just one race. I came in first and like 99% of us don't know what that's like, you know? And so it's, it's bringing that human element in and, um, Dylan with his podcast too, also having like deeper conversations. I think him being an athlete is is such a unique take on, on the podcast. And over the years is he's had, you know, he's been a professional athlete and he's been able to ask these amazing questions that he understands as an athlete to other athletes, more of a peer, you know? So yeah, of that's course a really that cool is- gap. That is the added value that Dylan has compared to mm-hmm. most other hosts, uh, I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, do, so do you think this is the way to not not necessarily like more make uh, the elite athletes more relatable, but to kind of bring them 
closer to the audience and to in the end to make them more famous because I think uh, a lot of people like enjoy trail running but they don't have an idea of uh, who the best of the sports are for example and I find this is a problem sometimes yeah are you saying because if you like if, if someone was just getting into the sport they don't know which race means what and so if you win a race is that a competitive race or is this the best of the best race or yeah that is one problem for example but uh I think like other sport do a better job at uh, showcasing who the best athletes are. I I tend to compare trail running a lot with cycling, maybe mountain biking, but uh, like, yeah, probably everyone knows who Mathieu van der Poel is, for example, right now. Um, but not everyone knows. Yeah, maybe Kylian Journet, of course, uh, since it's been around for so many years, but uh yeah, maybe the, like the new rising stars uh, or, or a lot of the of the best athletes that are really doing amazing things. Um, it's I see this connection still a bit difficult, honestly. So. Interesting. Yeah, it's something to reflect on. Um, there, there's so many people in trail running and yeah. there's so many rising yeah. stars. So. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, because I could, I feel like I could do an entire series on just Northwest rising stars, people between, you know, Oregon and Washington alone. Yeah, that's a, I mean, it's an interesting point. Yeah. We will see. <laughs> so, um, going towards the end of our conversation, because I don't want to keep you for too long. Um, just in general, what would you like to see in our sport? And uh, also from a media standpoint, um, what are the trends and how do you see the future evolution of the work that you're doing? Um, well, to answer the second part first, the yeah, the trends are, I feel like they're always changing. And so it's like a, it's, you kind of got to just adapt to doing the trends. You know, I just saw something this morning where Billy Yang said like the sports like always changing and you can, it's like adapt or die. It's like you just, okay. Yeah. The sport's changing and you can either fight it and do whatever, or uh, you adapt to it. And I think that's something you have to kind of do with trends. For example, just with reels, like reels are like, that's what's the thing right now. And that's not going to be forever. That's going to change. Um, so we got to continue to adapt and figure out, you know, what works and what doesn't. We're still going to figure that out. Um, and it's a really fun process, though, like learning along the way, because I'm I'm continually learning how to be a better photographer and videographer. And it's also when you have to keep adapting to doing something that that as the sport evolves it keeps you on your toes and i think that's why i i don't have that thing that i have with previous jobs where it's like a, i'm a year into it i'm antsy i want to change i'm like i'm so in love with what i do that it's because it's constantly challenging me and it's constantly changing and i don't know maybe one thing as far as the first part of that question i would like to see with our sport is um a simpler way to stand or 
with all the different series. And, I mean, it's interesting because I'm I'm into baseball a lot. Baseball is my favorite sport. I'm a big Phillies fan, but there it's easy to follow because you're like, okay, this everybody, all these teams are in, you know, these two leagues, yeah, yeah, and then it leads to a championship. Yeah. And if you win that championship, you're the best. Yeah, and we redo it again next year. Figure out who's the best for the next year. Yeah, it's easy. <laughs> and so, and I, I mean, that's never going to be, that's never going to be trail running, I don't think. But it maybe just having a a deeper understanding of if you win this, it means this, or if you know there's this series and you win this, and it's. But also, the series are constantly evolving. Like the series are changing what races are and what and what means what. So, I, I and I'm not annoyed with it at all. It's just it's. Uh, I'm still just kind of trying to figure it out. Yeah, as I go. So, I think yeah. it's what everybody wants, but uh, not like nobody is really willing to make the first move because everyone is kind of afraid to lose uh, his own little fraction of the sport, of his own little power. So there is all these different organizations and also federation that really lack the power to rule the sport or to like really control it. Um, and they want just want to preserve their interests, and uh, they're not really willing to sit down at the table and discuss a calendar that makes sense or set up an event that is really uh, appealing and attractive for all the the elites and maybe also the average athletes. So uh, it's something that I'm constantly hearing from athletes, from media, from different people involved with the sports. But hopefully, we will get there someday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, and in the meantime, I just, I hope it can be accessible to everybody, both yeah. whether you're an elite or not an elite or a minority or new to the sport or whatever it is. I just hope it's, it, everybody can find a way yeah, to, to do what they want to do. I agree. Accessibility is also a, a great topic that we should care about and work for um, because, uh, yeah, it's maybe easy for us that we are... You know, I'm living in Europe, you're living in the US. Uh, we have a lot of opportunities to get involved, to get sponsors, to go to races, but uh, like to really expand the sport at a, at a world-class level, we need to think about people who have um, less chances than us, uh, people who come from Africa, from South America, from Asia. And uh, yeah, that's another great chapter. All right. Um, maybe the last question that I wanted to ask you is uh, an advice, um, a personal advice um, of uh, a film or a clip or a documentary, whatever, that uh, has really inspired you. And um, maybe some of your favorite video or filmmakers uh, related to trail running that uh, mm. you definitely suggest people to follow yeah um there's there's a, a like a 30 second commercial that north face made a, a, over a decade ago and if you search on youtube the north face the mountains are calling commercial that was so influential to me okay it's the use of music and natural sound and all the clips they have and it's whether it's on a boat and you like, or it's by a river and you hear the river or there's wind or there's a waterfall and the use of like subtle piano and music 
and some shaky footage and some steady footage that I remember seeing that I was just like, it was a commercial on TV and I was watching in, in, when I lived in Indianapolis and I was like, Oh my God. And I've watched it a million times. <laughs> um, that was really influential. Go watch it. It's uh, it's amazing. But then as far as in, in the space of, you know, there's so many people making really great films like Ryan Skura is making incredible stuff. Bill Yang. I mean, Ethan Newberry and paved the way. I feel like mm-hmm. he was making these films, wh- whether it's him running a race or making a documentary before anybody. And so it's been really great to have him as someone so close to look up to. And, you know, he's showed me, he's helped me grow my own abilities along the way a lot. And then, then it's also as photographers, Yep. One of my best friends is Nick Danielson and he shoots a lot for normal um, with Killian and Dakota. And he also shoots his own stuff. I think, you know, he's incredible. Um, my friend Summer Kreisman's a really great photographer as well. And it's, it's always fun seeing more females or just non-white dudes out there taking race photos. And uh, yeah, so it's really great for her to, to be doing that and Anastasia wild. Yeah. I mean, there's a, there are a lot of people, but those are the people that come to mind. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. I will yeah. make sure I follow them and uh, check out some of the work. Some of them I, I know, of course, uh, others I don't. So we'll further look into it. All right. Thank you. So I think uh, I, I don't want to take uh, too much of your time. I think uh, we had a very interesting conversation and I personally learned a lot. And uh, I think we also kind of contributed to the, you know, sharing knowledge and perspective in between each other. So that's a cool thing. And uh, I hope uh, our audience enjoyed the conversation as well. And um, yeah, that's everything for my side. Thank you for your time. And, Thank you uh, so much for having me. Yeah, it was cool. And I hope to, to meet you in person someday at some race, but I'm sure it's going to happen. Yeah, it'll happen soon. Looking forward to it. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And uh, keep rocking the trails as usual. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>